Hello and welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. I am your host, Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. Today's topic, five ways to save on real estate investment taxes. Are you maximizing your savings on real estate investment taxes right now? Well, today, right now, is a great time to do a quick audit on yourself and see where you're at. So in this quick podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the top five ways in which to save money on taxes. And number one is going to be get a good CPA, a local, competent, certified public accountant, CPA, that also owns rental property, that also buys and sells real estate for investment purposes. That's the person you want. You may have to ask around to other real estate investors in your area. You may have to ask other CPAs, attorneys that you may be working with. You may have to go to a local real estate investment club to get the word out. And you're going to have to search. They exist. They're there. But they're not always trumpets blaring easy to find. But they are going to be invaluable to you because the right CPA that also invests himself is going to have a lot of techniques and tricks that others don't that don't invest themselves. And they are there. Don't worry. Be patient. Be persistent. You'll find the right person even if it takes a little bit of time. All right, so that's number one. Get a good CPA. Number two, separate short-term and long-term investing activities into different entities. Okay, So uh, short-term is going to be less than a year. Long-term is more than a year. And which entity to use for each is going to be very subjective, and it's going to have to do with your personal situation as well as where you're located. And your CPA is going to be able to help you with that. Let me give you an example. The LLC, Limited Liability Company, very popular with real estate investors. And oftentimes, investors use LLCs as their entity both for short-term and for long-term. Well, I'll tell you this. It is not always a good idea, and that has to do with certain state business taxes and other uh, situations that can come into play, Uh, and Tennessee is a good example. In the state of Tennessee, more specifically Davidson County, Tennessee, if you own real estate in an LLC, you get hit with an extra 2.5% franchise and excise tax. That's a lot of money. On a $100,000 home, that's that is $2,500 a year. That could eat away with all your cash flow. So in order to get around that, you have to use an entity that uh, is exempt from that franchise and excise tax in the state of Tennessee. Again, I'm giving an example here. And so uh, I know a guy in Tennessee that owns 300 single-family homes uh, outright uh, in his personal name. Now, some people go, what? If you don't have a legal entity, you could get sued. What an idiot. Well, He's saving on the franchise and excise taxes, and the way he protects himself from a liability standpoint is by using a general liability insurance policy. So I'm not suggesting uh, that you do either. In fact, this is not legal or accounting advice. I'm not an attorney. I can't give you this sort of stuff, but I'm just giving you some food for thought so you can think on this and then talk to the professionals about exactly how to do this. But in other states, you may want to own property in an LLC. And then for short-term investing activities, a lot of people use an S-corporation or an LLC, but an S-corporation because there's some creative things you can do with things like health insurance and that sort of thing. So again, talk to your CPA, talk to your attorney, and uh, and make sure if... Above all things, just separate the two. Short-term investing activities go on one entity. Long-term investing activities go on another. All right, that's number two. Number three, get organized. I'm sure you didn't want to hear that. You may be saying, well, Phil, I'm not an organized person. It doesn't matter. 
You see, the IRS does not care if you're organized or not. Did you know that? They don't care. They will punish you repeatedly if you're not organized. So if you're not an organized person, go get a bookkeeper. And here's the key. Put it all into QuickBooks. Get it digitized. Get your entire accounting system into a format where any CPA could use it, any competent uh, accountant could use it, and that's what QuickBooks will do for you. And the other nice thing is you can also set up accounts with companies like Bank of America for your banking and uh, and certain like Capital One for credit cards. And what will happen is they can actually import all the transactions directly into QuickBooks. Makes your life a thousand times easier. Or if you hire a bookkeeper, makes their life easier. So the other thing about getting organized is not just making sure that all of your transactions are digitized, but also that you're making sure and moving all transactions into a business bank account or a business credit card. Don't do anything through your personal accounts because that's co-mingling. That's not a good thing. All right, so that's part of getting organized. Now, the overarching reason to get organized is so that you can actually see what's going on in your business. That's a big deal. When you get everything to QuickBooks, you can organize through reports and see what's going on in your business. It's illuminating. It's fascinating. I learned so much once I did this. Oh, so many years ago when I was getting started in real estate, I'd look at my QuickBooks at the end of the year and I noticed some fascinating things. I noticed how many times rehab deals didn't make that much money. Whereas if I just flipped it to the right kind of investor buyer, I made more money and it was less time. That's where I also saw the value of flipping to retail buyers. Even though it's more creative, you got to do back-to-back closings, that sort of thing. So I learned so much about my business because I could look at the reports. And that's what QuickBooks gave me. All right, so that's number three, get organized. Number four, own rental property. I got to tell you, rental property is amazing because of depreciation. Because the IRS allows you to depreciate over 27 and a half years, whatever your tax basis is in that property. So if it's a $100,000 home, assume $10,000 for the lot, so $90,000 for the structure. That's your tax basis. Divide 27 and a half years by $90,000. You're getting about $3,200, $3,300 a year is what you're getting in depreciation. So if your cash flow is $3,300 a year and you got depreciation of $3,300 a year, that is $3,300 of income that is not taxed because the depreciation offsets it. Isn't that amazing? Rental income is awesome. And then as you own the property, if it appreciates or you pay down the mortgage, either way, you're building equity and that's not being taxed on a yearly basis. Now, if you sell the property, you've got tax implications, but as long as you you own it and you're just bringing in rental income, hallelujah. So owning rental property, number four, you got to do it. It's absolutely fabulous. Number five, Earn income like the wealthy. Ever ever see politicians uh, debate about ideas like how the wealthy pay so little in taxes? Well, the reality is that the wealthy pay the majority of the taxes as far as total sum. However, their percentage as a result of their total income is usually much less than the middle class. You ever wondered why that is? It's because they make their money from investments. They make their money from passive income like rental property or selling properties or selling assets so that you get hit with long-term capital gains taxes. Either way, investment income is absolutely wonderful. Long-term capital gains, it's 15% now. It may go up to 20, um, whereas ordinary income is you know 15% on the low end, all up to 35% or more. So 
if you can stay within long-term capital gains as well as bring in rental income, you're bringing in money like the wealthy. So you can bring in more money and pay less in taxes. That's the way the tax code's been built. You know, it's wonderful. Let me give you a perfect example of a real estate investing deal you could do that really maximizes your tax savings and earn income like the wealthy. You could buy a property, fix it up, move a tenant in there for 13 months, and then sell it to them on the 13th month um, in the form of a rent-to-own. And then what happens there is you're bringing in your rental income, which is very tax advantage, as we already talked about. And then when you sell it on the 13th month, it becomes long-term capital gain, so you're paying a lot less as far as taxes in that regard. And then what you could even do, if you're super, super uh, creative, is you could you could actually sell that property and take that money and move it into another property in the form of a 1031 exchange, and then you don't pay any tax on it. It just becomes deferred. The tax gets deferred into the next deal. So that's an even more creative way to do it. And that's what the wealthy do, and that's what you can do as well, and that's how you can save on real estate investment taxes. All right, well, this is Phil Pustiowski with the, the podcast Real Estate Investing in the Real World. Learn more about us at freedommentor.com. Thanks so much for being on here. And um, please, if you, if you enjoy what, what I'm sharing with you, give us a review. Give us uh, all five stars. We'd, uh, I'd certainly appreciate it. And also get the message out. Tell your friends and family. If these are the kind of messages that can impact other people you know, let them know about it. All right, thanks so much and have a great day.